category five. What you going do? Better run for shelter because it's all about the you. Hey, welcome back to the Wide Ride Podcast. I'm Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic. As you can see, Frank Tucker from Canes County, the Rivals website, is back with us. It is Thursday, June 22nd, around 6 p.m. Uh, Frank, the last time I had you on the show, I just looked it up. It was like April 20th. It was like a week after Miami spring game. And they had just kind of gone on a little mini run of recruits. Uh, they had picked up Chance Robinson at the spring game. They picked up Isaiah Thomas, the, the safety. They picked up Dylan Day, uh, the safety from, uh, from Baton Rouge. Um, Chris Wheatley Humphrey, the running back. Uh, they'd gotten a couple of guys, Juan Manaya from uh, New Jersey. Um, and, and Miami fans were like, okay, we've got a recruiting class. Well, now we are three full weeks uh, into the recruiting cycle in terms of visits, official visits, and heading into sort of the last weekend where you got 20 more guys lined up to come. There's a, been a few more commitments. <laughs> Kevin Riley, the four-star running back, top 100 in the in, in 247's composite, which is what we use for the athletic. Uh, you know, he's kind of the big name. Uh, they picked up Elijah Lofton, another four star. They got three blue chips, according to the 247 composite with Chance Robinson. So they're doing better. But let's start the show by talking a little bit about where you think Miami is. 12 commitments. Uh, they're in the 20s in most of the rankings. How is Mario Cristobal doing to this point? I think they've built the core of the class pretty well to start. Uh, there's they, they talked about whale hunting, right? And I think that they're doing that now. Uh, Kevin Riley was a huge pickup, a consensus top 15 running back around the country, uh, being recruited by Alabama, Georgia, LSU, schools like that. So you know that there's a pedigree there that he's one of the best backs in the country. Elijah Lofton, if you talk to any coach that played against him last year, talk, especially the Chaminade guys, they rave about, about his ability. Uh, I mean, the guy had double-digit rushing touchdowns last year, I'm pretty sure. So just just that aspect of that addition is huge. Uh, you know, he doesn't fit from a size perspective what you want in a tight end, but he's so dynamic, kind of like a Brevin Jordan-type player. Um, I, I think that they're building it out exactly how they want to, right? It's It's been about guys who want to be Miami Hurricanes. It's been about guys that fit their evaluations, not just the evaluations of what the recruiting rankings are. For us, at rivals are actually sitting at five blue chip prospects now. We got a bump uh, for Vincent Chavers up to a four star. Um, you know, we, we got Isaiah Thomas as a four star prospect as well. So five blue chip prospects, and you haven't even really gone into the whale hunting phase of the recruiting process. I, I think that they're in a really good spot. Um, appreciate you coming on and doing this with me. Uh, I just got off the phone a little while ago with you and I are busy guys. Uh, I, I clearly don't do recruiting nearly as much as you do. Uh, but still, I mean, it, it's a, it's a busy job. I got off the phone with the USF, uh, athletic director because they're getting a new, uh, on-campus stadium. It's going to cost them like close to $340 million, uh, 35,000 seat stadium. And so I, I talked to him and I talked to Alex Golish, their uh, head coach on Monday, uh, USF and Miami are kind of similar in the sense that they're the two state universities uh, or two of the three state universities in major cities, right? They're in Tampa with a bunch of professional sports teams. We're in Miami with a bunch of professional sports teams. It's not easy to sort of get things rolling uh, when, when you're in a pro sports town. When you're in a college town, you could build on campus stadiums. There's plenty of land to do that kind of stuff. Miami, uh, they've been trying forever to get that going. Um, the reason I bring all this up is 
I feel like we're still very much in a construction phase in the Mario crystal ball era. Right. I mean, he, he's just gotten through his first uh, full cycle of kind of getting rid of guys. They've gone to the transfer portal. Now this is the second full recruiting class. He's getting to big picture wise. Um, where do you see this Miami program in, 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 in terms of Mario's rebuild? We're 18 months in. I know it's sort of a big, big picture question. We're going to dissect the recruiting more and more, but um, as we look at it, 18 months in or 19 months in, cause he's, he's technically December is when he got here. Um, where do you see this program? I see it being super successful, not next year, right? Maybe not even the year after, but in, in three to four years down the line, you're going to see the Mario Cristobal university of Miami that was envisioned when he was hired. This is a complete rebuild. This has been a 20-year rebuild that has been in the making. And I know fans, especially Miami fans, are they're, they're hungry for, for, for a winning program. We, we, you know, we've had it here for so long, right? The 80s, the 90s were so successful, early 2000s. You got a glimpse of what really could be uh, University of Miami going forward. But there's been some bad hires, right? There, there's been really bad talent evaluation from previous staffs. And Mario Cristobal is in the process of fixing that. Uh, you know, two recruiting classes is, isn't going to be what flips this program. Uh, you know, there's a reason that they had to go get double-digit kids out of the transfer portal in this cycle. There's a reason that there are so many kids that have left the program. There's a reason that they're going the JUCO route is because they got to get this to a point where they're eight, nine wins before they can get to 11 and 10, I mean, 11 and 12, you know, college football playoff appearances, things like that. It, it's a process. And Mario Cristobal has talked about that process time and time again. And I think fans just got to be a little bit more patient about it, but they're doing all the right things. I think one of the big steps that they haven't done so far is grab a big-time prospect to the quarterback position. I think that in that 25 class, you're probably going to see that happen. You're seeing Shannon Dawson really talk to a lot of the top players of the position. Uh, but they, but look at the running back room, right? Look at the linebacker room. Look at the offensive line. Those are three positions that Mario has completely flipped from a talent perspective, a size perspective, and a mentality perspective. So I, I think everything is moving into the right direction, but the future is not a year from now. It's not two years from now. I think we're looking at a three- to four-year process to where – Miami's going to be back in that Alabama, that Georgia type conversation because the logo we know carries weight. There's a reason that Miami's in the top 15 for blue chip ratio on the roster right now. It's because the logo carries weight. And I think that Miami gets back to eight, nine wins this year, which is going to be a huge step and kind of get the fans off Mario a little bit. But to get to that double digit win process to where they're a college football contender, college football playoff contender, I think it's going to be a little bit more down the line. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think this is a, a multi-pronged sort of attack, right, for Mario. It's not just flipping the roster, uh, but building a sustainable winner because we've seen Miami win nine, ten games before. They got there with Mark Richt, and then the next year they took a step back. Why? Because they didn't have a quarterback. They weren't ready to really replace Brad Kaya. Uh, you know, uh, Nikosi Perry really wasn't the guy. Uh the, the other quarterbacks that they brought in weren't ready really to sort of take over. And I think that's an important part, especially when we look at this 2024 class with Judd Anderson. I know he is uh, sort of the hand-picked quarterback of, of the new offensive coordinator, but, um, you know, you kind of still have to continue to recruit an elite level at that position. Judd Anderson really hasn't moved up the, much in the rankings in terms of being a three-star, you know, he's still viewed as sort of a lower four-star. I know you were out in California for the Elite 11, uh, finals 
Uh, you flew out there for that on your birthday, which, by the way, I, you know, we shared we share the same birthday. We kind of learned that uh, last week. That's that's kind of cool. But uh, you went out to L.A. and there was a quarterback who did get a recent Miami offer in Trevor Jackson. Um, we can get more into the quarterback conversation here in a second. But um, the importance, you think, in this 24 class of upgrading that position, do you think Miami has to get somebody better than Judd Anderson to sort of. I don't know, be waiting in the wings, or could this be a year where you take a project like Judd Anderson and be okay with that because you've got a Jakari Brown, because you've got an Emory Williams on the roster? Yeah, I think you don't have to grab a blue chip prospect in this class. It definitely helps the recruiting class and the process of recruiting the Jeremiah Smiths and the Josiah Traders and, and the elite level prospects at the wide receiver position that Miami's targeting as of right now. But I, I don't think it's a requirement. Right. I, I know Trevor Jackson is a guy that they seem to like. Colin Hurley is a guy that they tried to dip back into. Got a chance to talk to him this past weekend, and he's seemingly all locked in with, with LSU. Obviously, that could be a smokescreen. You know how kids are in recruiting. But overall, him and his dad said that they're, you know, he, he did love Miami. They are from the South Florida area, but he's locked in with LSU going forward. Uh, now, you know, I have talked about it that if the quarterback coach position changes at LSU, that could open things back up. But at this case, I mean, at this point, that, that's not happening. So I, I think that Miami's looking into some four-star options. Obviously, you you don't have a lot of depth at that position once Tyler Van, Van Dyke leaves. You don't even have a lot of depth right now as the way you're looking at it. But um, I, I think next year is going to be the class where you finally see that big-time quarterback prospect join the fold. Uh, you know, they're, they're talking to guys like Brian Montgomery, who I think is really an interesting prospect. Ohio State just took a blue chip uh, quarterback for the 2025 class. Um, Bryce Underwood is a guy that's looking at Michigan really heavily. Um, and Shannon Dawson has been in heavy conversation with him over the course of the, the last few months. So um, I, I think Miami's in a really good position going into that 2025 class with a lot of the quarterbacks, which is something that we didn't see with a Josh Gaddis, right? He was more so recruiting for right now and not so much for tomorrow, which is a, which is a positive change under Shannon Dawson. But um, I, I think you could see a four-star quarterback end up in the fold. But like I, like you said, Judd Anderson is the guy that they evaluated and really liked in this 24 class that is kind of shallow on quarterbacks if you really look at it. I know a lot of fans liked the Air Nolan potential addition. Obviously, he's going to Ohio State. Dylan Raiola is not an option. Julian Sands not an option. Outside of that, you're really not looking at a strong quarterback group around the country. We're going to get more into the quarterbacks. I want to go position by position with you with this class. We'll talk about the commitments. We'll talk about potential targets, all of those kind of things. Uh, but I want to start off um, or continue rather by, by talking a little bit about Legends Camp. We were both there today for the event. Uh, I counted 29 former Hurricanes being introduced as uh, as coaches slash guests uh, for the event. I'll mention a few of them here. Andre Johnson, Duke Johnson, Gino Toretta, Brandon Merriweather, Jerome McDougal, Kenny Phillips, Roscoe Parrish, Greg Mark, Rohan Marley, Kenny Holmes, Lamar Thomas, Hurley Brown, Darren Smith, Jarrell Weaver, DJ Williams, John Beeson, Anthony Ciccolo, Matt Bosher, Jose Borregales, Vernon Carey, Mike Rumpf, Anthony Hamlet, James Jackson, Roland Smith, Willis McGahee, Najee Davenport, Brian McKinney, Kevin Beard, and of course, Alonzo Highsmith. And then, it, really, if you count uh, Mario, you got thirty former Gates in attendance. Yeah, DVD was there. DVD was there too. DVD. That's thirty-one. Yeah. So yeah. it was cool to see a lot of former guys come back. You've been to that event back when it was called Paradise Camp. You've been there. I don't know how many years have you been going to this to this event. Last year, I didn't go, but I was a high school coach for a long time. So you know, I always had kids that were out there. 
want to check it out as a high school coach. So it's always been one of those premier type events. I think this year, you know, like you said, 30 plus guys coming back to, uh, you know, help recruit. And that's really the, that's really the benefit of having so many legends is being able to talk to those guys. Uh, Like people, people talk about having a Jason Taylor on staff, you know, being able to have a guy like DJ Williams come back, talk to the linebackers, right? Like we've had Greg Olson come talk to the tight ends, right? That you have multiple legendary quarterbacks that come back, you know, on a yearly basis. So uh, I think that legends camp is an incredible experience as a hurricane fan at heart. It's awesome to to see all of those familiar faces. Got a chance to joke around with Andre Johnson a little bit. You know, Rod Mack brought me over because I, I told him that I thought Jeremiah Smith was the greatest quarterback. I mean, greatest receiver that ever came out of South Florida. And, and he thought I was crazy. You know, the old head conversation about Andre Johnson or Jeremiah Smith. And, you know, I he had me tell Andre Johnson that uh, my opinion. And Andre, you know, the competitor that he is, uh, he, he wasn't a fan of that evaluation so but it was it was cool it's cool that you know you saw so many fans able to interact with the players after the camp it wasn't like a hollywood type thing um you know you had people taking pictures with all of them so um you know i've been going to it for years i know you have as well so it's it's awesome to see as a hurricane fan yeah uh, a lot of willis mcgahee photos everybody wanted to see willis i hadn't seen willis there in a minute uh good to just see those guys around the program um and supporting mario a lot i think they all had good things to say about him even though last year was a tough season to swallow i think a lot of them feel like they got the right guy in charge that was sort of an over overwhelming opinion that i gathered um as far as news from today's event kamarian franklin who was one of their official visitors uh back in early june the first weekend in june uh kid uh for, he's, he's listed as a four-star in the composite out of uh, lake cormorant mississippi uh, number one player in the state of Mississippi uh, came back for a workout with Jason Taylor. Uh, I think in the morning before um, the legends camp took place. Uh, I think there were some people who got a chance to actually watch that workout said that, uh, you know, he, there's obviously some parts of Franklin's game in terms of flexibility and movement that he needs to uh, improve a little bit, but an elite player. And I think the more important thing is here's a kid who came back after an official visit to work out with the coaches uh, I think that's a really good sign for Miami in terms of being in competition for a top 50 player nationally. Yeah. And with us at rivals, I think he's ranked the 11th best player in the country, yeah. five-star prospect. And and just, you know, one of the, one of the best strong side defensive end prospects that that's kind of how I'd classify him. You know, you spoke about the flexibility and, and the bend that needs to, to give it a little bit of work, uh, pass rush prowess. Um, you just, you know, advancing to the next level. Um, obviously, he's a high school kid, right. Who's going into his senior year. So there's work to be had for every high school prospect, but to be able to get a blue chip kid, one of the top players in the country um, who's out of state to come just for legends camp it is, is a huge, huge development. Uh, Miami's heavily on many of the top edge prospects in the country. That's a position that they're looking at uh, along with defensive tackle, juicing up that defensive front. And Franklin's one of those guys that I think that they have a really good chance on. Obviously, the Blue Bloods of college football are on him very much so. But I, I think that, you know, Jason Taylor um, is a big factor here. We actually have an article on canescounty.com uh, that you guys can check out where he goes into depth about his decision to come back uh, for that for that trip um, for Legends Camp. And he also talked about Jason Taylor saying, you know, learning from a Hall of Famer, there, there's just no way around uh, – there's no better way to, to learn from a coach than having a guy who's done it before. 
So um, I think Miami's in a really good spot there. You know, there was a bunch of other kids at that Legends camp too. Josiah Trader. Uh, you know, you had Nitro Baker, who's who's a kid who is going to become a household name soon. Picked up an offer. Dia Bell, Raja Bell's son, picked up an offer. Another young kid got Wade and Charles out there putting on a show. Who's a Miami lean? Nation Montgomery, another top twenty-five kid. So uh, it, it was a star-studded event, um, and, and really, it's it's fun to see Miami be finally in the conversation with a lot of those top guys. When you know, even last year, right before the season, you know, before yeah. Miami had that big run late in the summer, we were looking at a lot of three-star guys. And and I think people have short-term memory loss because <laughs> it, it, it was mostly a three-star class before, you know, the Jaden Rashadas and guys like that started to to join the fold. So I, I think Miami's kind of mirroring what they did last year. Um, they're sitting as a top 25 team in the 2024 class. And I think that it's only going to go up from here. Um. You mentioned JoJo Trader. Uh, he's there. He's he's actually really uh, really close with the with the uh, with the King fa- with the Mac family, Rod Mac family. Um, I think he's he's actually living with Rod um, right now. And of course, Rod's son is somebody who is uh, I think close to committing to the Hurricanes. He's a, he's listed in the two four seven composite. Uh, Ryan Mac, a DB out of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, he's, a, he's listed as a three-star, but he's a very high three-star in the 247 sports composite. Uh, I think he's close to uh, to pulling the trigger and committing to Miami here. So good sign for Miami. They're close. Uh, you know, JoJo, uh, I think the fact that he showed up and not only showed up, but then went through stuff, like you said, with Kevin Beard catch, going out catching routes, that's a really good sign for the hurricanes as well. And that's really all we're looking for right now, Frank. Right. I mean, cause in the end it pen has to be put to paper uh, in December and, and a lot can change from here to then, but over the summer, what you want to do is come away with a good feeling. How close are we right as a, as a program Miami, that's what they're thinking. How close are we to getting this guy to fully buy in, to not flip on us at the last minute to say, I really want to be a hurricane as you, as you mentioned at the very start of this. Um, so I think for Miami, you know, a few of the five-star, four-star type talents that were there uh, from this 24 class, that was a good sign to see them at Legends Camp. But really, uh, and you're much more knowledgeable with the 25 class than I am, Frank, a lot of good 25 and 26 guys that were there. And that's really what I think, you know, from talking to UM staff, that's really what this event has turned into. It's let's start a bond with those 25 and 26 kids and get them to want to be here too. Yeah, it, and listen, Joe, Josiah Trader didn't have to work out the Legends camp, like he said. It, mm-hmm. He came, he was going to talk to Coach Kevin Beard, and listen, Kevin Beard, every single kid I've talked to, every single receiver I've talked to about Kevin Beard has raved about him, which, which is a huge thing because we know how talented the South Florida receivers are, and him being a former South Florida receiver, a guy who played at Plantation, a guy who played at the University of Miami, he's able to instill knowledge and and love and honestly a recruiting background that that fits what the South Florida top receivers are looking for. Um, so, you know, Josiah Trader does not have to have to do anything. He doesn't have to work out. He's a five-star prospect. And, and the fact that he was able to, you know, work with Kevin Beard is huge because as we know, it's kind of like a, a two to three team race for Jojo Trader right now. And, I think he's probably not going to be a guy that commits anytime soon. He's no. probably going to be a guy that stretches it into the season a little bit just because of, of the options that he does have or aren't going to be going away, right? So I, I think Miami's in a really good spot. It, it was a really positive development that he was out there today, especially with Ryan. 
who, like you said, it is seemingly locked in for Miami as he's a legacy kid. His dad is diehard Miami Hurricane, has been around the program since he was a baby uh, because that's where his parents actually met is the University of Miami. So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, there, there's going to be some positive news coming out of this Legends camp and uh, the development of Josiah Trader is one of them. Yeah. Um, let's get into position by position here. And and obviously there's some, you know, like I said earlier, 20 visitors uh, this weekend, some of them among the commitments. Um, but let's go to court. Let's start back at quarterback and work our way down if we could here. I wrote this article for the athletic back on June 9th. So we've had, we have to have some updates as far as commitments, but at the time, Judd Anderson, only commitment, uh, number 63 quarterback in the composite, um, 6'6", 210 pounds. We already touched on, um, you know, uh, Colin Hurley of Trinity Christian. You said he, most likely sticking with LSU. The interesting name here is Trevor Jackson. I want to ask you about him. Um, Miami did offer him. Uh, you reported that. I know our, our writer, Ari Wasserman, who was out there at the Elite 11 as well. He he mentioned that. He wrote an article on that as well. How serious do you think Trev this Trevor Jackson thing could become here going forward? It could be interesting, but then UCLA really threw a wrench into things and offered today as well. So he's got a lot of power five options and they've come pretty quickly. Um, as of recent, he was kind of a, more of a group of five type prospect at the beginning of the year. So I, I think things are moving really fast for him. And I don't think a decision is going to be imminent. He, he hasn't gone on any visits. I don't think he's even visited Miami yet. So I, if there's not a visit from Trevor Jackson, I don't know how serious is this, that's going to be. I got a chance to talk to him a little bit. He said that there's something in the works, but nothing set in stone just yet. This is the last weekend before the dead period. So I think what we'll get a better idea of what's going to happen at the end of July, early August. I know that they're doing a barbecue at the end of July, so I'm sure that's when they're targeting getting him on campus. Um, it's It's hard to read. It's hard to read with Trevor right now just because there's so much interest coming his way. He had a star-studded – there was a star-studded cast at that Elite 11 event that you spoke about, and he was one of the better players. And he's been one of the better players at the Elite 11 regionals as well. I think he had, like, the number one RPM, uh, you know, rotations on the court, on the ball, you know, from you know while he's throwing, um, longest pass. He's been extremely yeah. accurate. So he's hit all the points that you want of a blue-chip quarterback. He – as a side, he fits from a size perspective as well. So I, I think Miami is is deep into the evaluation on him, and I think that they are working on a visit. But we just got to see what happened because nationally, everybody is on him that doesn't have a quarterback in their class as of yet. Yeah, I think he just got promoted to a four star in the composite, and uh, and and watching him, I, I was in the at the Elite Eleven Regional in Orlando, and and the thing that I liked most about Trevor, besides the size, besides the skills that he has. Is his, uh, as we like to call and say in Spanish, his animal, his, his, the, you know, how, how alive is he as, as far as a personality, very infectious personality around uh, his teammates there at the uh, at the regional Elite 11 regional uh, that I watched back in March. Uh, very just sort of having fun. And I think that kind of stuff is important now as far as being able to recruit other players and get guys excited to play with you. Then quarterbacks have to have that element to them. So I like them. Um, we will see if the Hurricanes end up bringing in two quarterbacks in this class, but uh, remains to be seen. We won't have an answer, like you said, for a while. Uh, at running back, uh, two commitments, Chris Wheatley, Humphrey uh, was the first one. Second one, of course, Kevin Riley. Do you think they are done at the running back position? Absolutely. This is it. Kevin Riley was the guy for the class. And regardless, like Jared Gibson, they loved. Uh, you know, there are a lot of top prospects in the country at the position that, that Miami was going after, but 
Kevin Riley was the guy. And, you know, I spoke to some people and they said he's in the conversation for best football player, regardless of position in the 2024 class nationally. So the, the evaluation it was super high on Kevin Riley. That's they got the guy that they wanted, that balanced runner. And then Chris Wheatley Humphrey fits that Chris Johnson mold and you know, an explosive player that can be that receiving back out of the backfield and this uh, spread, you know, high, high octane air raid offense that Shannon Dawson runs. So I think they got their compliments of each other. Um, you, you already have a lot of talent in that room, especially after you added A.J. Allen from Indiana, who I advise anybody who hasn't done it yet, go watch his high school tape. He is super explosive. was a 2,000-yard back his senior year. Yeah, from Nebraska. Year. Nebraska. Nebraska, I'm sorry. Nebraska. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, he, was, he, he is an elite athlete. He is going to be a guy that I think contributes heavily this year along with Mark Fletcher. So you got a blue-chip heavy backfield already not including the two guys that you got in 2024. So I think that they're pretty much shutting it down at, at this point. Receiver, obviously, is still a position. I think they're very much looking uh, for help. Chance Robinson has been committed, like we said, since the spring game in April. Uh, of course, Robinson's been out doing visits. He's been to uh, Penn State. He's been to the University of Florida. He tweeted out a photo of himself in a Gators uniform. And I know there were a lot of pissed off Miami fans because they just hate the Gators and they don't want to see that. Uh, where do you think things lie with Chance Robinson? And then we'll start talking about some of the other receivers. He's locked in. He's locked in. He, he's got an official visit to Miami this weekend, along with Jeremiah Smith and Judd Anderson and, and a number of other guys. Um, but I, from what he told me, I, I got a chance to speak to him at OT7. He's done with visits. Florida is not a factor in his recruitment. I can promise you guys that right now, um, despite any noise that might be had from Gator fans. Penn State has always been a player. Um, it, it, you know, I, I, I do not foresee a flip coming, but I think that there's always going to be interest in Penn State. They, they, they've been rock. They've been a rock star in his recruitment all the way through early on in his recruitment before Miami was really jumping on him. Both his parents got a chance to go out to to uh, to Penn State, state College. And, yeah. yeah, State College. And and honestly, man, I, I just I think that he's good. I think he's going to be that guy that's. That's one of the the players that builds around the core of this class. The Miami Gardens Ravens group is going to be pretty heavy, I think, in 2024, and, and he was the first one. Uh, I don't think he goes away from playing with the Vincent Shavers and potentially the Ryan Max and the JoJo Traders and maybe even Jeremiah Smith. I, I think they all have an idea of wanting to go to college and playing together. They've spoke about it time and time again. They, they've, they've grown up together, and, and I think he's pretty locked in. You brought up Jeremiah Smith. He, he is going to be here this weekend. Obviously, the Ohio State commitment. I think I feel as though Ohio State will be the team to beat. He will be the team that he ultimately chooses unless uh, something changes with Brian Hartline and Miami has an unbelievable season or has an unbelievable season. And and it really you know makes Jeremiah reconsider. Um, agree with that sentiment? So... For me, the Jeremiah Smith recruitment is interesting. I think Georgia and Florida are real players because of Dylan Raiola and DJ Lagway. And I think that Miami has a real shot here, depending on how many Miami Gardens Ravens they can add to this class before, uh, you know, it's ultimately signing day. And I think that Miami's got a real shot. If they get Ryan Mack in this class, and Rod Mack is on board as a guy who's recruiting for the University of Miami uh, as a parent, there's going to be there's going to be some real interest there. I, I think this is this weekend is going to play a huge factor in how things go 
moving forward. Uh, any type of relationship being built by Judd Anderson is going to play a part. Uh, I think his relationship with quarterbacks is going to be a big factor. You know, he had some seven-on-seven seven experience with Aaron Noland, uh, actually played against Aaron Noland as a kid. Um, and and I, I just feel like, I feel like, you know, he's going to go where he's developed. But I think that there are also off-the-field factors as well. You know, the chance to stay home and play with that childhood friend group that he has is going to is going to be a, a, in the back of his mind um, when he's thinking about making a flip. And I, I think that the Ohio State fan base ha- has made things interesting as well, kind of being nitpicky about the things that he does on social media, right? Making comments about Shannon Dawson, making comments about Kevin Beard, things like that. So overall, I, I think he is locked in as of right now to Ohio State, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet the house that he ends up there at the end of this cycle. All right. Well, we'll see. It'll be an interesting story to follow. Some other big names, obviously, we already talked about uh, Josiah Trader, his his teammate at Hollywood Chaminade. Uh, he's going to take official visits probably in the fall when his mom is, is kind of free to do do some stuff and travel around with him. Um, some other guys, though, have been on campus already. Uh, one of them that's interesting to me is Dre uh, Hawkins from uh, IMG Academy. He's, he's a kid originally from the West Virginia area. I got a chance to meet him in the spring when I went up to IMG for their uh, Under Armour stuff that they did. Um, not a huge kid, 5'9", about 170 pounds uh, with, with some weights added to his feet. But he's so fast, blazing speed. He, he was on campus. Uh, Draylon Miller, a, a, a bigger receiver, 6'2", close to 200 pounds. From Texas was on campus for a visit early on. Um, uh, Braylon Staley uh, from Aiken, South Carolina, another blue chip receiver. He was here. Um, he's kind of an interesting guy as well. Uh, and, and then uh, I think this coming weekend, there's going to be a couple guys, including a local uh, in Jacory Barney, uh, six foot 170, um, who I know is listed as an athlete. Chance Robinson, who we mentioned, those guys will be here. Uh, and then Jeremiah Smith. What what are your what are your thoughts on the receiver position? If you had to handicap it right now, who do you think Miami's got the best shot of landing from the official visitor list? Jacory Barney. Jacory Barney is a guy that I'm watching closely. The Miami's moved pretty fast over the last like three weeks. He had a standout seven on seven performance at the beginning of the month that really caught everybody's eye. I know Kevin Beard's always kind of been interested. He has had a Miami offer since January. I think that they just weren't moving very fast on him. Uh, there's a previous relationship just because you have so many Palmetto kids on the roster, Leonard Taylor, you got Brashard Smith and the Washington twins. And he, he said, he said that uh, him and Robbie are, they call each other twins. So there's a really good relationship there. He talks to Leonard Taylor and Brashard Smith all the time. Um, they've raved about Miami. Um, I, I think he's a guy that definitely could end up in this class. And I don't think it takes away from, from the potential of adding a JoJo Trader, a Jeremiah Smith, or a Le- Wayne McCoy, guys like that. I, I know he's probably going to play that outside position at six foot, about 170 pounds right now. Um, you know, he's he's been a guy that's made some highlight plays in South Florida over the last two years, has even played quarterback and free safety. So just a football player overall. Tank Hawkins and Bray Staley are the two slot players that they're targeting in this class. You don't really need to target too many just because you have so many slot receivers on the roster right now. And you added Robbie and Robbie and uh, Ray Ray last year. So I think that I think that Miami is in a good spot with uh, with Barney. I think they're in a good spot with uh with jojo trader um and i think tank hawkins is a guy to watch as well out of img you got that pipeline 
uh, to that program. You know, he fits the mold of, of being that one slot that they take in this class. Um, so I, I think that at least at least three of those guys they end up grabbing by the end of this cycle. Um, the tight end position is one where they kind of addressed it last year. They got two kids that they that they brought in, two good ones. Um, it seems like they always end up with two. Right now, they've got one commitment. And that's Elijah Lofton, six, about 6'2", 220, kind of a smaller size uh, tight end, but a guy who's super athletic. Uh, you mentioned how he dominated Chaminade, scored five touchdowns against them in that end-of-the-year game. Um, but they also have Caleb Odom, who's a top 100 recruit, visiting this coming weekend. Uh, at some point, they were in the race for Amir Jackson, I think is committed to Florida now. Um what do, you, what do you say of the tight end position? Do you think they go with more than one here, or do you think Elijah Lofton is it? I think they're okay just being with Elijah Lofton. Caleb Odin's recruitment has gone this way and that way. Uh, he's been giving crystal balls to Alabama, Ole Miss, um, and Miami. So uh, there's really no really read on, on where he's going to end up going. I think his is going to string out a little bit. K.J. Duff is an interesting kid to me. I know he's got a workout coming soon with Miami which is going to be an important thing. I know he is gung-ho about Miami, despite, you know, North Carolina and Rutgers being the rumored favorites. Um, And he could be a guy that's that flex receiver, tight end type player um, in this air raid offense. So I think that they're going to be okay with just Elijah Lofton. He added, you know, multiple tight ends in the last class. He got Jaleel Skinner, who's got multiple years of eligibility. Um, you know, there, there's a number, there's a number of guys already on the roster that are really talented guys. And in this error rate offense, you're going to be more reliant on receivers than you are tight ends anyway. So, um, I think that they like the idea of adding Caleb Bodum or KJ Duff as that, that hybrid type player. But overall, I think the true tight end of the class is going to be that Elijah Lofton kid. Okay. Offensive line. They signed five guys last year out of high school and they, and they obviously picked up some big times transfers. Uh, right now, they've got one commitment, Juan Manaya, uh, who's a low, well, not a low three-star, but certainly not a very high three-star, probably more of that middle zone three-star out of the New Jersey area. I like Juan's body, big, big physical dude. Obviously, that's more of what Mario wants. Um, but they have had other guys um, visit here, including this weekend, there'll be a top 100 offensive lineman in Asendre Afua from the Seattle area. Obviously, Mario's proven that distance is no factor. They were able to bring some 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 kids from the Pacific Northwest to Miami last year. Uh, Zuri Madison from Lexington, Kentucky, uh, is another guy I know that they've looked at. What are you hearing on the offensive line front? How many are they going to end up signing, and who do you think they add here? I think they signed two to three. Ty Hilton is another kid from, mm-hmm. from North Florida that they like as well. Bigger kid. Um, he's going to probably be more of a project than the rest of the group. Juan Manaya, I know that they've, they've loved him uh, pretty much all the way through the process. Um, and, and I think Zuri Madison is a guy that really realistically can end up in the class. Got a chance to talk to him. There's actually an article on Canes County about him as well. Um, so you guys can go check that out. But overall, I, I think this is he's going to have a decision made after this weekend. Um, West Virginia, and I think that there was one other school that he was looking at pretty heavily. Um, he canceled a visit uh, to to visit Miami this weekend, I'm pretty sure, or uh, or he canceled his visit coming up. I think it was like Illinois or something. Um, so I, I think Miami's in a good position for two to three of those guys. I don't know about the Samoan kid. I, I you know there hasn't been a lot of traction there. Obviously, this the Samoan conglomerate that they have at Miami right now could pay dividends and. 
And, uh, you know, Joe Salavea has been a huge asset when those kids come to visit. It yeah. makes it, you know, the family feel that it is a big thing for that culture um, sh- to shine through for Miami. But um, I think two to three, I don't think that they're, you know, this is a really rough offensive line class in 2024, just nationally, right? Like the top guys in the class are not even guys that would really be considered high blue, high four-star prospects in the last one. And Miami really hit it out the park, adding Francis Malagoa, Samson Okunlola, and even Tommy Kinsler, who I think is going to be a guy that starts as soon as, you know, midseason if he if everything goes right. So I, I think Miami's in a good spot offensive line-wise. Two to three would really – solidify the trenches going forward what have you heard about Derek plaz uh the, he, the former penn state commitment uh i know he's he's barely ranked in the top 1000 a three-star kid but uh he visited last weekend he's kind of an interesting name that that popped up he could be the tommy kinsler of this class remember last year tommy kinsler was committed to florida for like three weeks or even less than that and ended up flipping to miami after a visit i think Derek plaz could be of that same mold he was committed to penn state for a really short time and, and it's now back talking to the university of Miami. So I think Miami's got a shot. I think he kind of opened things up, felt like he rushed the process a little bit. So it, it's not going to be as quick of a turnaround as the Kinsler, but I, I think that Miami's got a shot there. He could be one of those two to three guys that they add. I just don't think that they need to add five. I don't think that they need to add five like they did last year. And I don't think that they'll force any additions to the class just, just for numbers sake. So right. uh, Plaz is one of those high, higher ranked guys I feel like um you know more of a high potential type player if you look at his frame you can add some really good weight to him um and, and he's probably one of the more athletic targets on the offensive line defensive line obviously is the focus of this class um so many big time guys that they're after right now one commitment uh Dalen Russell who is a top 100 defensive tackle local kid out of Miami Columbus uh who they got a commitment from a while back now um when you look at the defensive line class, and, and I'll mention some names, just five-star edge rushers who've been here, Colin Simmons from Duncanville, Texas, uh, Dylan Stewart uh, out of Washington, D.C., uh, David Stone out of IMG Academy. You had uh, Aiden Breland, I think, from uh, Santa Ana, Major D that was uh, was here, L.J. McCray, Daytona Beach, Kamari and Flank, Franklin, who we already talked about, and then Justin Scott out of Chicago, Um Marquise Lightfoot, also out of Chicago, will be here this weekend. There's others, Elias Rudolph, uh, who's who's now at Deerfield Beach, uh, Jaden Jackson, another defensive. I mean, there's so many blue chip defensive linemen that have been here or, or are going to be here. King um, Edward Joseph, too. Yeah, he's another yeah. guy. Yeah. What what do you when you look at um, what happens on the defensive line? What sort of your prediction or thought process? Who do they have the best shot of getting? So Kamarion Franklin is the guy that I'm, 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 I think they have the best shot at at defensive end. Elias Rudolph is about to make a decision. Um, I, I don't think he ends up at Miami. Um, he was at Deerfield Beach, is most likely going to head back north to Ohio for high school. His head coach actually left Deerfield Beach. Um, so I don't think that they end up with him. I think he's probably going to end up at Michigan. Uh, I think that they got a really good shot at Justin Scott, although things have seemed to change a little bit with his parents being okay keeping him uh, in that that Indiana type area, I guess, you know, uh, to Notre Dame. Uh, I, I think just I think uh, the Jackson kid from IMG again, that IMG pipeline is going to keep pumping. And he's a guy with a Samoan background uh, who is really connected with Joe Salavea. Um, 
there's so many. David Stone is, is really high on Miami. I think Michigan State has fallen off in a big way. I think it's an Oklahoma-Miami battle. Um, he has posted heavily about Oklahoma as of late, which makes things not as uh, intriguing for the Miami fans, but I still think that there's a shot there. Um, I don't think he's going to be a kid that makes a decision anytime soon as well, being a five-star prospect. Getting him down for a game is going to be huge, kind of like how they did with Francis Malagoa and Samson Okanola last year. Um, but overall, I, I think that they end up with five or six players on the defensive line, and it's going to match what they did on the offensive line last year, being superstar heavy. Yeah, it has to be. They really need to upgrade, I think, especially with some of the guys they'll be losing probably after this season. Linebacker, I think they've done a pretty decent job at Vincent Shavers. As you mentioned, he's a four-star now, according to Rivals. He committed. Um, they also um, – I'm trying to remember the other kid they picked up. Cam, Cam Pruitt. Cam Pruitt, right, 6'3", 200 pounds, really athletic. Freak, kind of, freaky kid, played some safety. Yeah, kind of a striker-type guy, he heavily productive over there in Theodore, Alabama. I know he's, he's a th technically a three-star, according to the composite, but – a high three-star, and I think a guy who has the potential to, with a really strong senior season probably of, of climbing up some of the rankings because people see what a freak he is, uh, and and uh, that was a really good pickup. Um, they've had other linebackers um, that they've been looking at, including Chris Cole, who will be here this weekend. Um, I know I think there's a couple of linebackers who, who may be uh, stopping by this weekend, but uh, – Chris Cole, I know, is sort of a big target for them. What do you what do you think happens at linebacker? Do they sign more than two or three at this position? Yeah, they're looking into some guys. Uh, Derek Nicholson has done a really good job um, recruiting the position since he's got here, grabbing a local kid who Miami probably wouldn't have gotten the last cycle. You saw what happened with Stan Quan Clark. They yeah. did it with Vincent Shavers this time around. Um, the, the Cam Pruitt kid, super high potential uh, and fits the mold of a potential NFL player. Um, at the position at 6'3", he could put on 20 to 30 pounds on his frame and probably not lose any athleticism. So I think he's a guy that fits that, like, will linebacker type position. Yeah, remember, there's only two linebackers that go on the field at a time. So I think that two to three guys in this class, you know, a, a Chris Cole, who's a Rohan Marley uh, relative, uh, has family down in South Florida, has been on campus before and has raved about it, is going to be big. Georgia has made things interesting there. Um I think that 2025 is probably going to be the class where they add four or five linebackers once again that fit Derek Nicholson's mold position. This year, I think that they stick with three, Colby and potentially that third guy. Um, defensive back, they've got Isaiah Thomas and Dylan Day. Uh, Isaiah, of course, Clearwater Central Catholic, guy who probably would have been ranked higher if he wasn't injured last year with the ACL. And then Dylan Day, who... Uh, is a kid out of Louisiana who's slowly been climbing the rankings as, as people start to see more and more film of them. Um, those are the commitments, but they've got a lot of other guys that they're obviously looking at. Ellis Robinson. And uh, look, I know he's committed to Georgia. If anything happens with Georgia, Miami wants to be plan B. I think they've put themselves in position to be that. Um, obviously, a lot of other guys. Jalen Hayward is going to be here this weekend out of Rockledge. He's been a Georgia commitment for a while. Xavier Mincy, Daytona Beach, Min, uh, Mainland, another four-star DB. Um, looks like you know Miami's kind of fighting maybe Florida and some of these other schools for him. And then Ricky Knight uh, from North Palm Beach, Benjamin. Uh, he's a kid who's got Penn State, Illinois, Florida State, all of them. Uh, you know, after him, and then Zaquan Patterson, who I know is from Chaminade, will probably be waiting till later. Uh, to decide on, on a school. 
What do you think happens in terms of cornerback and DB? And of course, we mentioned Ryan Mack earlier. He's he would be recruited here as a cornerback. So what what's your view of the secondary? I think I think Ryan Mack is a guy that ends up in this class. I think Saquon Patterson is a guy um, that ends up in this class. I think Jalen Hayward, another Georgia commit, is a guy that ended up in this class. Um, I think they're going to be star studded at defensive back as well. Safety is really the position that they're looking at heavily. They added a lot of cornerback talent in the transfer portal and Juco ranks. Demetrius Freeney is a guy with three years of eligibility. Jadias Richard, another guy with multiple years of eligibility. Um, then you went and added Damari Brown and Robert Stafford. So you added four cornerbacks in the last cycle. So Jaden Davis too. Jaden Davis, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and and one year guy for him, but just overall, you know, you got a lot of young pieces in that cornerback room. Safety is gonna be the position of work, right? If you lose Cam Kinchins and a James Williams to the NFL draft next year, looking at Marquise Williams and what? <laughs> like a Caleb Spencer, who you don't really know what he is positionally. I, I think that they had two to three to four potentially safeties in this 2024 class. Isaiah Thomas is gonna be like a money backer type player. Uh, can play what, you know, that nickel type role if you wanted a big nickel, but could also play strong safety. Jalen Hayward is an explosive athlete that probably fits more of that free safety type position, runs a 10-500 meter. And Zaquan Patterson is just a do-it-all player that can play anywhere in the defensive backfield. We've seen him time and time again shine in South Florida and nationally at 7-on-7. He's done it in All-American games as a youngster. He's going to be the, in my opinion, the jewel of the class. And, and I do think he ends up with the university of Miami. Frank, you are a stud. Uh, the fact that you know all of this stuff off the top of your head should tell people just how, <laughs> how uh, filled in you are on all this stuff. Um, definitely, definitely enjoy uh, having you come on the podcast and talk uh, with me. Uh, is there anything you want to promote uh, with what you guys do over at Canes County and rivals? Anything, anything else for your readers to check out? So I have pumped out six stories in the past 24 hours. So if you guys can go over to Canes County, we have a 30-day promotion for you guys. First month is free. Um, we are at like $8.99 a month, so we are cheaper than the rest of the competition. Give us a shot. I promise the info is going to be great. The interviews are going to be awesome, and the inside information is going to be even better. So come check out me, Marcus, the 305 Sports Twins over at Canes County, and uh, – once again, I appreciate you for bringing me on, Manny. It is always fun to talk Canes football with you. Absolutely. And and by the way, for those of you listening to this on YouTube or watching this on YouTube and listening to us on the podcast network, The Athletic also has a deal. I think we're a dollar a month for 12 months right now until the end of the month. So if you want to read The Athletic, I know we don't necessarily go as hardcore into recruiting. Uh, I know many of you tuned in to listen to Frank and every all the insights he had to share but we do have a, a pretty good college football team over there as well that, that, that covers a ton of uh, stuff. Like I said, I'll be writing a story on USF soon. I've written about the Gators and how, how well uh, Billy Napier's been doing. I know most of you are booing that, but he has been doing pretty well lately on the recruiting trail. I will be all over the place covering all kinds of things. I just had a, a, a column, uh, a mailbag answering ACC questions with uh, my colleague, Grace Rayner. So, uh, we have plenty of good content for you as well. Make sure you sign up for Frank at Canes County. Make sure you sign up for The Athletic. And make sure you keep tuning in and follow us and subscribe to the Wide Ride Podcast. I'm going to bring Frank on more and more. As long as as long as long Marcus and everybody are cool with it, I will keep bringing on Frank to come on and talk with uh, talk with recruiting with us. So, Frank, I appreciate it again. Best of luck to you guys uh, with, the, uh, with the subscriptions here going forward and everything else. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks. Thanks again, Manny. Talk to you soon.